Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rouge Rugby Podcast. I'm Shu Hardy, joined as always by Derek Brazette. This past week, Canadian rugby lost one of its greatest stalwarts. William Reed Webb, known by many as Bill Webb, passed away after a bout of prostate cancer. Bill was the founder and CEO of the Toronto Arrows, the only Canadian team in MLR, as well as a figure in many rugby organizations, including the Toronto Inner City Rugby Foundation and Rugby Canada. Since his passing, there has been an outpouring of support from Arrows players past and present, such as Sam Malcolm and Andrew Ferguson, Rugby Ontario, Rugby Canada, and other MLR teams. In honour of Bill, this episode is dedicated to the impact he had on the rugby community across North America. We've asked our fans and listeners to email in with their stories of Bill and the legacy he has left upon our great game. Obviously, it's uh, you know an inc- been an incredibly you know sad week for uh, for Canadian rugby. Um, it's been it's been crazy to to see like just the general like outpouring of messages that have been directed at the arrows um over you know social media over the past couple of weeks um you know as as you just kind of mentioned Stu, like from players to players to like other teams in the league like there's there's a lot um the arrows on toronto arrows um website now um they've kind of um condensed that into one article which is which is nice if you want a quick look at it um you can head there but obviously, Bill had had a huge, huge impact on, you know, the Canadian rugby community, um, especially the rugby community within Ontario and Toronto specifically as well. So it's it's obviously incredibly sad. Fifty nine is just um, far too young. Um, um, so, you know, it's uh, it goes to show you how a precious life can be, and. Um, I think all I guess yeah. So we got obviously we got, we got a ton of uh, you know responses um, when we when uh, Stu you put out the uh, the tweet and the uh, all the posts asking for people to uh, send in their stories of Bill. So um, if you don't mind, Stu, I guess I'll uh, I'll go first on a uh, share. Absolutely. I I guess I first met Bill in December 2018. The uh, Toronto Arrows did a like franchise launch party at real sports um right you know right downtown beside the uh, beside the ACC I think it was called the ACC at that time anyways okay and um it was basically just like a, a team launch party so I think like a handful of the um you know first announced players that were signed the coaching staff was there. Bill was obviously there and a whole bunch of people just from like the Ontario rugby community were there. I didn't really know anybody there. Um, I'm not even sure how I got invited to this. Um, I think we, uh, I wrote a couple, I think I wrote like one article on like layman sports uh, back in the day that was like, Oh, like Toronto's getting a rugby team. And, uh, and, and off of that, I guess I got invited to this party. So me and my buddy Robbie went didn't really know anybody, but uh, we made sure to uh, try to go introduce ourselves to Bill, and uh, we eventually di- were able to do that. And um, like right from the jump, um, you can see like you know Bill's uh, passion for what was going to become the Toronto Arrows for Major League Rugby for Canadian Rugby. Um, super excited about you know hearing I guess that we were interested in covering the team um from there he introduced us to like brock um and um we had you know a couple quick conversations with them and then you know didn't really touch base with him again until you know the season actually got going and you know i saw um like andrew ferguson um wrote in his in his tweet that like the arrows wouldn't exist without bill webb and uh, we got a couple messages and a couple emails that'll uh, certainly back up that claim that we'll uh, get to later on. And uh, you know, like this podcast and us, you know, doing like writing articles, making YouTube videos, um, doesn't exist without the arrows. So by extension, also doesn't exist without Bill Webb either. And but I think a big part of the reason that 
like we've been able to do what we've done. We're on episode 180 now. I think a lot of it is because of the support that Bill gave us and gave the show and by extension, the arrows gave us and gave the show, you know, it was, I think obviously he was incredibly generous with his time for us. Um, Mm -hmm. We've had him on a couple, a few episodes um, both by himself and uh, with, you know, other arrow members of the arrows uh, staff as well. Um, We've done, I don't even know how many countless like post-match interviews with them and even like more countless, just casual conversations um, that we've had at arrows, home games or phone calls, emails, um, just a variety of, you know, the communication that we've had over the, over the course of the, of um, the last five years um, since the arrows joined MLR. And I think like a big reason, I do genuinely think like a big reason that I need like the success that we had was like, um, you know, Bill's like enthusiasm for the game of rugby and just the general like encouragement that he gave us for, you know, at least when I started when it was layman sports and then, you know, also doing the La Rouge rugby pod, uh, podcast with Dan when that started. Um, and then that kind of shifted to just basically just being La Rouge rugby with its own website and everything and what it is now. Um, just like his enthusiasm for the show and um, the fact that there was people, you know, just willing to give their time to cover the Toronto Arrows, um, how generous he was with a group of people that have like no real media background. Well, at least I don't. I know you have some, but um, for somebody like myself that has like no real media background um, and like I only ever played rugby in high school. So like, I have no, I have like zero rugby credentials as well. Um, But still like the enthusiasm for basically a show and a media outlet that the Arrows had that was created by people with the only real credential that they had was their fans that just maybe just like him also loved rugby a lot and, you know, wanted to, you know, maybe kind of shared a little bit of that idea of, wanting to see the game grow and trying to figure out our own way of doing it. Um, But, you know, Bill gave us like all the access to the team we could possibly ask for. Um, You know, I've, I've never once have heard an arrow player say no to an interview or any sort of media request that we've had. And I think a lot of that, um, you know, when people talk about the arrows culture, as we've talked about culture a lot on this podcast over the past few years, it always starts from the top. And I think with the arrows, it's like the top was obviously bill. And, um, you know, I guess like, I guess what, I don't really know if I'm conveying this in the best possible light or the best possible way. Um, but it's like, I guess what I'm basically trying to say is like to, to a degree, like, I don't think this podcast exists without bill either. Um, and just like the support that he was, you know, gave us over the years. And, um, it, it was always great talking to him because I like, I don't think I've ever heard anybody speak so like passionately, uh, enthusiastically and optimistically about rugby in Canada as, uh, as Bill did. And like his legacy will live on with the Toronto Arrows. And, you know, hopefully that you know, that'll continue and hopefully the team continues to, to go like in the vision that he developed because, you know, there, there's honestly like there's few greater people in Canadian rugby um, than, than Bill Webb. And, um, you know, it was sad to hear of his passing and, you know, thoughts go out to the entire Webb family and, um, you know he's he's gonna be missed. Arrows arrows game days will uh will not be the same. Absolutely not. And yeah, so you know as you mentioned, Bill always had time for the Rouge rugby. He would always, you know, respond to questions, respond to emails, and I guess I have like two particular stories. Well, one is more of a general experience and it's um as you mentioned the web family that have 
you know, that were at his side when he passed. Um, in particular, his two sons, James and Stephen. And whenever um, either of them had the opportunity to represent Canada, I know that um, they've had that over the past couple of years, Bill would always beam and always talk. And you could tell how proud as a father he was that his sons were playing the game, representing their nation. And he even uh, mentioned when uh, I think it was the under 21s uh, went to Uruguay to play um, Spain and Uruguay as part of their preparations for qualifying for the Junior World Trophy or whatever it's called now. And, you know, he was saying that it was just um, me, uh, his wife, and a few other Canadians there, and they were being just as loud as all the Uruguayan fans that had turned up for that game as well. And that obviously spoke to his passion, not only for Canadian rugby, but also just for seeing how far his uh, two sons have come along and how proud and it was you know an open secret that he would one day would have loved to see his boys uh, play for the Toronto Arrows and you know if that opportunity ever comes up you can argue that he had already seen it he's already seen it whenever he saw James and Stephen play he knew that it was a question of when not if and uh, my second story is, um, okay, it has to do with a video or an interview that LaRouge did, I think, back in 2020. And one of the problems was that some of the information that was said in that video was incorrect. It wasn't the worst thing in the world to say, but it was also not the most honest, I think is the best way to put it. And... Bill reached out to us and he said, hey, do you have a moment for a quick call? Which, for me, to basically say, like, the president of a rugby club, having time for a few guys who do this in their spare time as a passion project just blew my mind. And... As I said, too, with, like, no real rugby credentials at all. As exactly. Well. Like, exactly, as in, well, I I have a few more media credentials. I played uh, Halls rugby in university, which, you know, it's pretty much the same as, like, high school rugby, I'd say. But, you know, for guys who aren't, you know, on TSN payroll or have worked for Sportsnet or anything like that, just, you know, are doing it out of passion for the game he was willing to uh take a call which he said was originally going to be five minutes and evolved <laughs> into 15 minutes and uh you know he explained why the information was incorrect um the status of um the league as a whole and the future of the league because he was also on i think like the financial committee for mlr at the time and he so he obviously, being uh, the president, had a bit of inner workings of MLR, and he was fully willing to trust us in that we could have this information and we could be respectful with it and we could understand it. And, you know, I think that really spoke for how, like, patient and how generous Bill was with his time. We, You know, we have uh, all these other stories um, that are coming up, but yeah, that, I think that was just something that really stood out for me. Yeah, there there seemed to be like you know you can go through. There's a ton of like Facebook comments, Reddit comments, um, mm-hmm. Twitter, like Instagram. Like, there's been a lot, and I think yeah, I think that there seems to be like a few like common threads with everybody's story, um, and even like some of the ones that we'll get to that uh, listeners sent in. One of those common, like obviously, you know, the there's like the kindness, the generosity, especially generosity with time, as we personally experienced as well. And then, like, you know, it just seems like that that enthusiasm and you know, passion for rugby is something that really always you know comes up. And there seems to be a lot of co- like you know, 
there's there's certainly a lot of trends in what people have to say about Bill and like they're all incredibly glowingly positive reviews you know every every time somebody wants wants to talk about him and I like yeah like I think it just shows like the outpouring of support that it's he's had and you know like like you said right it's like he was like the owner of a professional sports team but still you know took the time would take the time to like talk to anybody that wanted to talk to him at a at arrows games right and you know it's uh like it's it's going to be a huge impact like i feel like it's almost like it's already being felt just within um you know the toronto rugby community right now like you can almost see it's like there's seems like there's very few people that are involved in rugby that were not impacted by bill webb in some way all right so another story we should uh mention keeping it in la rouge uh is that our uh, former co-host uh dan murphy posted a little uh web um bill webb story on twitter um shortly after his passing was announced he said before the 2021 season where the toronto arrows spent the season down south we had bill on the roof to give us a view into what the year looked like he gave us such an honest and supportive interview about what we could expect after the season, when the hours came home, Bill always said hi to me and my family. He was a constant presence on the pitch, making sure everyone had fun. Rest in peace, Bill. Thank you for being the torchbearer for pro rugby in Canada. Dan, obviously, I think it kind of touches on something there too. Like, obviously, obviously, we've already mentioned that he he was a very personable person at Arrows games would take the and would take the time out to the, speak with anybody. Um, but I think like part of that trend there too is also that he just seemed like the biggest Arrows fan as well. Um, and you know, no matter no matter what was happening um on the field or in the standings, it's just like there was something positive to be pulled from it. Um, I feel like Bill Bill would be able to find it. Um, uh, no matter no matter what that was. It's even uh even like you know that game against New England um, this year, it's like there's a lot of people at that game. There's like you know it's something's something's going well for uh, you know as far as like you know the attendance or there was nice weather, or, uh, you know food sales were doing well, merch sales something. There was always something positive um, to be taken from every every single home game or every time I talked to him, um, no matter what the actual scoreline was, he always always seemed to have a smile on his face too and uh was uh you know willing to speak again willing to speak to everybody which is an almost like a, it's a crazy thing for like a sports owner to be like you know it feels like a crazy thing for a sports owner to be like you know just walking around watching the game with like regular fans and having a beer with them and stuff yeah. um but it's definitely something that stood out with uh with bill all right, we'll move on to talking about the stories that have been emailed into us. And we're going to start with um, a man who knew Bill well from uh, their time at the Arrows. And that's uh, so we had an email from Mark Winokur. And he says, I have a million of these, as you can imagine. But the most important one is the birth of the Arrows. The Glendale Raptors who had already been accepted into MLR for 2018, had come north in May 2017 for a friendly game against the Ontario Blues, who I, Mark, managed at the time. I did not know Bill at all, but he was at the game, which we won 45-23, pretty convincing against a team of contracted players. Right after the final whistle, Bill came down and introduced himself and said, Good win. Do you think you could compete in that league if you had the money? I shook his hand and said, heck yes. It wasn't heck, but it did end with a CK. And he said, I will call you tomorrow. And the rest is literally history. Yeah. So I think that's obviously, you know, it's a great story. It's obviously the, the arrows, like late arrows origin story. And yeah, I mean, it backs up. It backs up pretty much everybody that's ever said that, yeah, like the arrows, the arrows wouldn't exist um, without Bill Webb, 
right um being the man that seemed that uh initiated turning the ontario blues from a provincial representative team into a professional rugby team you know obviously going through the ontario arrows phase and then ultimately to the toronto arrows and joining mlr and i think one of the things you know we we always you know uh, this podcast and mlr fans in general seem to always expansion and where teams can go is always a topic no matter what's happening in the league and you know it's one of those things where it's like there's a lot that needs to happen in order for like a, the mlr to award a city a team or an ownership group a team um you obviously you need the the passion the drive the desire to actually do it which and obviously the money too yeah and the arrows in bill webb i think found an awesome combination of somebody that has all of that um like and you know the money's part of it obviously but um i think like the passion and the drive and the desire to actually go out and make it happen is you know probably equally if not more important than just you know being able to you know foot the bill on the financial side very like mark in his email and like it's only a few it's really like it's you know a, a handful of lines long and but you know just a couple paragraphs but it does kind of show that yeah like without bill like there's there's no toronto arrows there's no professional rugby in canada yeah it really speaks for bells and he you know he knew that he wasn't the coach he knew he wasn't the manager but he knew what he could contribute and he had that desire uh to help out wherever he could and obviously those uh initial conversations uh those initial yeah. plans then line up to the team we now have today yeah um so obviously you know uh we've been kind of talking about like bill had a obviously a huge relationship with fans so um a couple fans did uh did take the time to uh to write in um one such fan was uh karen gasparino who obviously is part of the uh the arrows up fan group and various other you know toronto arrows um fan clubs support clubs um so she wrote in and said uh that when when the arrows were in the queue to join the mlr bill called me and talked to me about his vision we spoke for over an for over an hour. They just played as the Ontario Arrows. He asked me what I thought um, as far as keeping the name Ontario or go, or to go with Toronto. He explained the rich tradition Toronto teams enjoy, especially the Leafs and Jays. He said that Leafs Nation pride um, we all have an affinity that we all have an affinity toward was the goal. That's the first time I had a strong inkling that the team was going to be launching as Toronto. Um, but it wasn't official yet, and he asked that I keep it to myself until the launch. Um, that was the first time that Bill spoke to me about in confidence about team happenings. He trusted me, and I was honored. Bill always talked with me about the pathways for players and that and how that was the entire reason for starting the Arrows. He believed so strongly in the MLR and growing the international game. He loved the supporter group. He held up grassroots supporters because he appreciated us giving our time and money back to the team. He asked me a few times how we could partner, and he always thanked us for stroking interest. He He'd stay in touch. He wasn't above everyone. He mingled. He always had time for a hug. Knew my kids' names and genuinely cared about everyone. He was a lovely man. I will miss random texts from Bill that would surprise me and make me feel so honored to hear from him. I will miss him as a person. Rugby will miss Bill because he meant so much to so many. I will follow James and Steven as they develop as players and cheer them loudest. Such a shame Bill won't get to see them in an Arrows jersey. My sympathy to the family. Um, so that was that was from Karen. And again, it's a testament of like the trust and patience that Bill had in others who were outside of the organization, but had similar passions as yeah. he did. So to call Cameron and, you know, you've already got yeah. the, this team branded as the Ontario arrows. You've been making um, headway and then moving from Ontario blues to Ontario arrows. 
Um, and then just asking for an opinion. Do you think we should keep his Ontario? Should we go with Toronto? He understood the standpoint from both, as well as the marketing side. And, you know, obviously, Ontario's a big place. It's unlikely that the Arrows would be playing across Ontario. It was going to be restricted to Toronto, which is where uh, the Blues had been focused all that time. No, and no Thunder Bay Arrows. No, unfortunately not. Well, you never know if there's another investor out there who wants to set it up, by all means. Um, but, yeah, I think where he was coming from, especially with understanding like Leafs Nation and the focus of keeping it in one city as opposed to um, going provi- uh, province-wide. Um, but it's in the same thing of that he knew that no one was going to blab. Karen wasn't going to have the inside scoop to any organize any like press yeah. releasing organization. It was just the confidence well, that he had that could, what? you know, be permeated through both Karen and Bill in their passion for rugby. Well, like honestly, I think the biggest takeaway from Karen's message there is just that like he asked fans for their opinion on the team. Yeah. You know, not even just like, oh, like, you know, sh- could we do like this ticket promotion? Um, He asked Karen her thoughts on the team name. Like a massive, that's like, that's a massive, super critical and important decision or um that has to be made. And he sought out the opinions of the fans that were, attending Ontario Arrows games or Ontario Blues games, um, you know, in the build-up to the Arrows joining MLR, which, again, is something that not a lot of sport owners do, right? Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of does... To me, that's the biggest takeaway from this is just, like, like you know, he was an owner that uh, I think genuinely did care about the fan base and... Uh, and the fans of the team and really kind of valued, you know, hearing what they, what they had to say in regards to uh, Toronto arrows rugby. It's just been really good to hear. Like, you know, we obviously had the experience, but hearing these stories as well, definitely plays a huge part in that. So we've had another story come in. This is from Shannon Quesnell and Lara Morgan, who are the, Founders of the Toronto Amazons. Many of these words will be familiar. Let the annals of history know that Bill championed everybody. We'd like to share how he impacted us. The co-ed rugby program at Toronto City was built on the theme of more rugby, more often, for more kids. This motto worked really well until a group of 12-year-old girls were going to quit because they didn't want to play with the boys anymore. They felt the boys didn't pass to them and they didn't want to stick their faces in a boy's butt in the ruck. They wanted their own team, but there was nowhere to go. In an amazing twist of fate, it was a Bay Street Titan and father of two sons who stepped up and gave us the courage to go ahead and push some closed doors open for something we believed in. When we told him what we were doing, Bill Webb's first response was, just tell me what you need. And just like that, Toronto Amazon's rugby history was made. His generosity saw that the newly formed Toronto Amazons had proper uniforms, but it was his encouragement that was of even greater importance. When he invited the Amazons to play a half-time at the Toronto Arrows' very first home game, his public seal of approval helped us garner more support from the rugby community. The girls took this encouragement and blazed themselves a rugby path. They registered for every tournament and brought home many wins, even in their first year. As they went along, other girls found them. Girls from across the region, including Pickering, Barry, Owen Sound, and more, came to play, and every girl was always welcome. And we often saw Bill watching and cheering from the sidelines. As those first Amazon girls got older and moved on to various elite teams, university teams, and even Rugby Canada, the next group of girls picked up the Amazon jersey 
the motto, and the fierce yet inclusive attitude that is ingrained in their culture. New girls keep finding the Amazons, and when they do, they are welcomed in. They come from hockey teams, from school rugby clubs, and because a friend told them about it. The younger girls in the Toronto City program can see their future. So far, over 150 young teenage girls have registered to play rugby for the Amazons. They have been supported by new coaches, amazing guest coaches, a wide array of rugby clubs, and some truly great companies. They are well supported because, with a little help, they continue to forge this path themselves. Bill was a role model for us to use rugby to build community. His welcoming ways and epic team parties inspired us to make our program inclusive and always fun. We will miss our champion, and will always be grateful that with all the things Bill was involved with, he found some time to shine a little bit of his sunshine our way. Um, I have nothing to add to this. The, that whole story is just awesome. Like it's... I, I have. There's no notes that I have on this this email. It's probably you know if if anything if any story is going to illustrate that uh, Bill's impact is not just at the professional level. It's it's this one. Yeah, um, and right, and this is something that. I I've never heard Bill brag about this of like, hey, I brought I didn't even the Amazons here. Yeah, exactly. Is in uh, yeah. he, he let the plaudits go to Shannon and Lara and to all the girls that have come through the Toronto Amazons, and yeah, that's, yeah, that's it's, amazing. That's... It's an amazing it's an amazing story, and I'm really grateful to Shannon who emailed this to us. It's absolutely wonderful, and you know. If any, you know, young teenage girl who doesn't feel like boys pass to them and they don't want to stick their faces in a boy's butt in the rock, there's a team for you to grow. And there's pathways to elite teams, university, even representing Canada on a national level. And again, it's because Bill knew what needed to be done and did it and had the passion to keep it going yeah exactly exactly um and it like it's crazy even like you know in uh in the email too they say that it's like there's girls on the team from across it says across the region including pickering barry owen sound um owen sound is not exactly close to toronto um if you've ever driven to owen sound so if there's players that are coming down from owen sound to play for this team too like that's um, that's like, that's insane. Um, right. Like the reach that this, uh, that this team has, ha- has, um, and it's, yeah, 150 young teenage girls play for the Amazons. Like that's, um, you know, it's incredible. And, um, you know, it's, the uh, the impact, I mean, obviously I think, I think, you know, some of Bill's involvement with like turf is, is maybe a little bit more well known. Um, but like hearing about like stuff like this, it's like, I mean, like this is, I think like things like this are exactly why I think where you see the amount of tributes that um, have come in or you see the amount of people that have sent messages and like, you know, feel like, um, you know, they had to, you know, share their, their thoughts or condolences and, um, you know, is I think all going to be a lot because of, things like this you know so we kind of have a little bit of how bill started the um you know the the start at the arrows the professional level some of the arrows fans grassroots level um we did get a couple uh, a couple other stories um notes here from some other members of the media um so we got john fitzpatrick of um, the rugby morning uh he wrote in and, um, you know, to, to his words, uh, it's, it says it's not much of a story, but just more of uh, of John wanting to show appreciation. Um, it says uh, Bill was a subscriber of the Rugby uh, Morning Newsletter, shared it with plenty of people. Um, he didn't have to do that, but that small act of kindness meant a lot to me um, is something that, that John said. And I feel like, you know, I feel like that kind of, and in a way kind of reflects a little bit of um what 
I kind of said at the start of the show um, with my own experiences with Bill was just like, you know, the immense support that he showed us in our show, um, despite, you know, probably not really having to do that. Um, right. And giving us an opportunity to uh, have this platform to, you know, um, talk about rugby. Um, it means a lot to us. And obviously, you know, um, the act of sharing um, his newsletter meant a, meant a lot to John too. Rob Hammerschmidt from the, uh, the rugby rant also wrote in, he said, um, you know, it, he, uh, so he, he did kind of talk about, um, you know, uh, I'm sorry, Rob, this, this is a very lengthy email. So I might, I'm going to, I'm going to edit it a little bit on the fly. Um, but the, uh, the gist of it is obviously, you know, he mentions that Bill was, extremely generous uh with his time um he always enjoyed having the conversations um you know with bills about with bill about the arrows about rugby canada um he talks about bill's passion and um he says uh what he loved about bill is that he was not driven by ego he was driven by passion um he had no qualms about giving others within rugby an opportunity to have their voice heard um, and then he tells a, a story about the halftime or a po- uh, an in-match interview that he did with Bill, too. Um, so he said, in March, I had the opportunity to interview and meet Bill on the sidelines uh, when the Chicago Hounds uh, played host to the Arrows. He was more than happy to join me on the cold and snowy sidelines to talk about turf. We had previously engaged in conversations about the Arrows' partnership with Turf. Bill was excited to share his longstanding connection to the program and express why the partnership made sense for the Arrows. It represented another act of selflessness and tremendous vision. The Arrows used the Prime Jersey sponsorship real estate to promote a non-profit program for which they received no money. It was all about the passion and the vision to promote rugby in Canada. Um, and then he adds on that after the game, Bill and I spoke at a greater length. We shared some laughs, stories, and a love of the game of rugby. It was a highlight of my first season as a sideline reporter. We lost a great rugby owner, a passionate promoter of the sport, and an absolute gentleman. I wish I could go back to that snowy afternoon at SeatGeek Stadium and share a few more minutes with Bill. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, so that's from Rob of the rugby rant and, you know, kind of touches on a handful of things, um, there again, you know, just his, you know, the passion of the game, the willingness to, you know, take a minute to have a chat with anybody, uh, the, his work, his work, developing the grassroots organizations and stuff and being able to do that through the arrows. Um, it's a great story from Rob that, uh, um touches on um touches on a lot of uh what made bill such a great man within the rugby community rob also in his email added on a um a poem called a poem for old rugby players if you search a poem for old rugby players it's uh you it's easy to find um i i would suggest giving it a read um just because you know it, it does it, it is a it's a very lovely poem and um you know seems you know appropriate for for this moment yeah one thing that rob mentioned is what i loved about bill is that he was not driven by ego he was driven by passion and i think from all the messages that we've received and all the testimonies from players and organizations i think that is very true and especially in a time when it's very easy to be cynical about a lot of things and a lot of people, Bill Bill's passion shone through at every opportunity. And you know, he would gladly step aside and let someone else talk about uh, something within the rugby ecosystem if he knew that they were the better person to speak on it. And yeah. you know, and. You know, he's mentioned turf. There's also Iroquois Roots Rugby as well, who they've had a connection with um, the Arrows in the past. And, you know, he's been very... He was always passionate from the grassroots up. So everything that... If it got more kids playing rugby, it was something that he was keen to see. And, you know, even though the Arrows had statistically their worst season on record he was always there to talk about 
um, what the Arrows had in the future, what they were building towards, and that for him, when we had him on uh, the podcast the first time, he knew that getting a shield would just be a matter of time. And yes, obviously there were some hiccups, you know, being in Atlanta for an entire season doesn't help, but he he knew what uh, the Arrows were capable of. He'd seen it in the squad, he'd seen it in the fans, he'd seen it in just everything. And it was his goal to ensure that everything could be funneled for the, the next generation coming up that, you know, he'd seen how Canada were doing on like the national level at, for the men's 15s. Yeah. And he knew that the MLR could help, but that it was going to take some time. So in the meanwhile, it would be a case of getting the youth support in as soon as possible because you know we keep mentioning of how you know in less than 10 years we're going to have the men's world cup and the women's world cup in the united states and there are kids now who are supporting the arrows whose goal is now i want to play for the arrows i want to play for major league rugby i want to play for canada and i want to play at that world cup i think I think that's kind of one of the, you know, the biggest, you know, as, as the MLR grows, as the Toronto arrows grow, I think that's going to be like kind of one of the biggest legacies and stuff right now. Like, I mean, like when I got first introduced to rugby, um, I think even like when I was in high school, like, I think even like, even like the best players, um, at our school or the best players in like the in our in like offsa let's say um like i don't think any of them ever th- thought that um you know playing pro rugby in canada would be a thing that they could do um because at least from when i was in high school we were almost 10 years away from that being a thing that you could do um right so i think one of like one of the coolest things about going to arrows games in the past few years especially this year i think i think partly due to like the turf partnership and stuff too but like the amount of kids that are at arrows games and like wearing arrows gear or like you know getting you know standing in line to get autographs from players after the game or like you know um you know throwing a ball around with a player after the game or you know, just in general, interacting with the team, um, wearing arrows gear, um, is amazing. Cause it's, yeah. you know, like it's, it's like the amount of, you know, kids right now that can actually watch pro rugby in Toronto and hopefully aspire to that, um, is, in, is insane. Um, and, um, you know, it's one of the best things that the arrows have done really. So, We've listed uh, Bill's positions as, you know, president of the Arrows, involved with Rugby Canada, um, you know, on the board, um, also involved with Turf as well. But what if I was to tell you that he is also a kung fu action star this this is by far my favorite bill webb story this uh, this far. story was provided to me by Rodin lazada better known as coco and so let me let me set the story for you back in the 80s bill was doing some traveling around the world and ended up in hong kong and was basically asked do you know like kung fu or martial arts and he did. And they said, would you like to star in this movie? And, you know, we'll pay you and all that stuff. And interestingly enough, you can actually find this movie on YouTube. And I know I may be going against um, an Arrows tradition because Bill actually challenged um, members of the squad to find this film and find him in the film. Uh, the film is called Kickboxer from Hell, and I don't know what his exact um, role is called, but it seems like Evil Henchman is probably <laughs> the most accurate from it. 
um, if yeah, you can it, find. It doesn't have the most detailed IMDb page. There's no uh, no character <laughs> names are provided. Yeah, unfortunately but, not. But but yeah. there is a, a IMDb page for William R. Webb. So one movie listed, one film listed, but he is there. Yeah. So if you uh, want to see it and you can spot it um it is available on youtube for free kickboxer from hell and now and if you do see bill in it you may wonder that in certain um aspects of fight scenes that his hair suddenly grows in length but that is perfectly normal for all uh kung fu movies i've been told especially those starring bill webb yeah um but yeah i've that that's just I, a great story a great thing to have been told about and yeah i think if i recall correctly back in he did it in i think it's like he did an interview with the mlr kickoff um if i recall correctly i believe if it's not the mlr kickoff it's another podcast i should have checked first um but and he did mention that he did this like you know hong kong action movie um and Ever since then, I've been like, because I do love uh, myself some cheesy Kong, Hong Kong action movies. And every time I've like watched one that is from like the 80, late 80s, early 90s era, subconsciously in the back of my head, I've been like looking for Bill Webb in these movies. <laughs> I never stumbled across. I unfortunately never stumbled across Kickboxer from Hell, but um, so thanks to Coco for finally sending the link over. I did hear at one point um, like the arrows did watch the movie like together, like at the end of a season once. Um, uh, but it's uh, you know, I, it's amazing that he would like challenge guys to actually find it. Um, I'm pretty confident that I searched up Bill Webb's name in like IMDb before and never found it, and now I'm slightly annoyed that I realize he does have an IMDb page, and I couldn't. I guess I couldn't put two and two together on the research skills there. Um, the poster for this movie is incredible, by the way. Um, very, very early 90s. Um, very early 90s. We just discovered um, Microsoft Paint vibes on it. Um, it's <laughs> delightful. Uh, if anybody that is interested, the IMDb description of the movie is... While in Hong Kong preparing for a big tournament, American kickboxing champion Sean becomes involved with undercover British nun Sophia and her battle against his evil crew of kickboxers. Yeah, that, I don't that's know what it. What, I I am very curious as to what an undercover British nun is. Is she undercover as a nun, or is she like a nun that's undercover? I'm not really sure. Um, I I guess you have I to have, watch the film. I, was to say, find I haven't out. had time to watch the movie yet, but I do want to watch it. Um, may, perhaps it, it. I feel like it would be a really good like off season content video. Like we should just do like a like a a film La review. Rugby, yeah, exactly. La Rouge Rugby Movie Club. We can do uh, Invictus. Um, that one episode of Friends <laughs> and uh, Kickboxer from Hell can be a La Rouge Rugby Movie Club. And uh, we'll, we'll see about that. We'll see if uh, YouTube flags us for copyright infringement or anything along those lines. Um, but yeah, those are the stories that we have been provided. We are very grateful to Mark, Karen, Dan, Shannon, Lara, John, uh, Rob, and Coco for providing them all to us. Um, just a few details have been provided from. Um, the Arrows and MLR. Uh, one comment which the MLR have said is, the Webb family has conveyed that it is Bill's wish that the Arrows will continue to flourish and contribute to the growth of rugby in Canada, and the organization will work to honor that wish. Uh, they've or, The family have asked that in lieu of flowers, the Webb family respectfully requests a donation to be made in the memory of Bill, to either the Toronto Inner City Rugby Foundation, the Canadian Cancer Society, or True Patriot Love. And you can find those links available on the Toronto Arrows website. Um, they've also announced that the Webb family will receive visitors at Kane Jarrett Funeral Homes at 6191 Young Street in Toronto on Friday, September 8th. 
from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. There will also be another brief visitation from 9 to 10 a.m. on Saturday, September 9th, followed directly by a funeral mass at Blessed Trinity Parish at 3220 Bayview Avenue. The funeral mass will also be live streamed for those unable to attend in person. And following the funeral service, there will immediately be a reception at the Miller Tavern at 3885 Young Street between midday and 3 p.m. And if I can leave with, if I can leave you with one thing to our listeners and to our guests, there's a phrase that often comes up um, during someone's passings that the world's less bright now, a bit, a little bit darker um, for them to have been gone. But unfortunately, I don't agree. When there have been people like Bill who have reached out to so many people and helped so many, all it has done is allow other people's light to grow, to allow opportunities for others to keep that light and passion going. And whilst uh, Bill's passing is sad, and if you are still processing that grief, there are um, those you can contact and services available to you. One thing I want to mention is that though his light may be gone, the light that he gave unto you is still there. And it's now our collective responsibility to keep that light shining. Derek, thank you for joining me and thank you all for joining us for this special episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast. We hope you can join us again soon.